this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And speaking of that union, we are doing a poll episode. One of our monthly poll episodes. I do want to mention, I forgot to respond back to... um. To Eric, our old friend Eric Mahoney, who was on our Dayton episode. Um, you might remember that. It was a roundtable about Dayton, Ohio. He reached out because um, there's a big concert in Dayton that he is kind of running. Um, okay. it's, it's happening uh, July 22nd. The lineup is Talib. I'm going to pr- mispronounce the name. Uh, Talib Kweli. Cloud Nothings which is a really good band, uh, Monograms, and DJ Fatty Lumpkin. And oh you can go to Even Bright, the Sonic Springs Benefit Concert for WYSO. Uh, if you go to that Even Bright account, you can get tickets there. It's July 22nd, Dayton, Ohio. So if, if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you want to go to the Bright Side and check out this concert, go to Even Bright, the Sonic Springs Benefit Concert. And uh, help out our friend, Mr. Uh, Mahoney. And if you haven't checked out the Brainiac doc- documentary that he made, you should definitely check that out. I believe that's yes. streaming on Amazon now, is it? Yeah, I think so. I saw it for uh, on one of the streaming services. I believe it was Amazon. But last I checked, it was available and definitely worth checking out. Oh, yeah. And besides our... our chat with eric and other members of our roundtable you can also check out our episode on brainiac from a couple years a couple years probably like five years ago now i've lost all reference of time there's time is a is is a construct that i no longer adhere to when it comes to this podcast but uh we do acknowledge the idea of months and in the month of may we ran a poll with nine albums for people to vote on and they did. So let's talk about what those nine albums were. So from Richard Waterman, Moke and the album Super Drag, which was super confusing because I thought it was a missing Super Drag, al- super drag album that I didn't have. But nope, Super Drag <laughs> is the name of the album, not the name of the band. When I was posting, putting that poll together, I was so confused. I was like, <laughs> it, what? I was like, is this like an EP before the major? Like, what is going on? Yep. Super confusing. Uh, Kyle Bittner suggested Picture of Health by The Headstones, Willie Dillon, Junior Citizen by Poster Children, Eric Peterson, On Guard for Thee, a collection of Canada's youth gone bad, various artists, so a compilation. That was an interesting submission. Adam Smith, Va Va Voom by Cinerama, John Pennycock, Italian Flag by Prolapse, Dave Haverland, Sweet Home Wrecker by Thrush Hermit, Adam Rogan, Leet Motif by Dredge, 
I don't know. There's a lot of letters out of place there. I'm not sure exactly if that was the correct pronunciation. And Darren Lehman suggested right back by the Long Beach All-Stars. Everything except for the Long Beach Dub All-Stars got a vote. Uh, Coming up on the back end uh, with 8% was Moke and Thrush Hermit, along with Cinerama and Poster Children. Got a big, big 8% group there then at 12 percent was the various artists on the on guard for the compilation along with prolapse's italian flag at 19 percent was dredge and leet motif and the winner of the poll canada's own headstones and their debut album picture of health jay had you ever heard of the headstones before this i heard the name in passing um probably not but but probably not until when we started this podcast at some point either a recommendation or she's maybe even on um discord when just talking about canadian bands but definitely not in the 90s or in the last you know uh the 10 years following that yeah i was not familiar and so kyle bittner said who was the selector Really solid picks this time around, and some tough, some tough choices for the Canucks in the crowd. I have to go with the Headstones, though. They've always been a favorite of mine right from the debut and have, for the most part, released consistently solid albums. Um, we'll get into some more comments, Jay, but I want to drop some serious trivia on you. So okay. they're from Let Kingston, brace, Ontario. Let me brace myself. They're from okay, Kingston, Ontario, which is the same home, which is the home of the Tragically Hip as well. And that might have been, if I heard of them, it might be the why, just because some tragically have connection or Kingston connection. Formed in 1987, the debut Picture of Health came out in 1983. Actually made it to, uh, it made platinum status in Canada. It did not chart, but their second through sixth albums all charted at some point. Um, so here's the trivia bit that you might find interesting. Hugh Dillon, who is the lead singer, is also an actor. And he's currently on a TV show that I believe you watch called Yellowstone. He plays the really? sheriff. Huh. I watched uh, maybe the first season. Let me see what... Uh, plays Sheriff Donnie Haskell. I recognize him. Interesting. He's also in Mayor Kingstown. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. A lot of stuff. Busy guy. See that. Very cool. He's the... um, I'm trying to think of an actor turned... Or a musician turned actor of a similar... He's the Will Smith of Canadian Hard Rock. (laughs) Okay. Not the slapping. Uh, So... A little bit more history, like I mentioned, from Kingston, Ontario, formed in 1987. Uh, Lead singer, Hugh Dillon, guitarist, Trent Carr, bassist, Tim White, keyboardist, Steve Carr. I'm not sure if the two cars are related, possibly. Um, Second guitarist, Rickford Van Dyke and Jesse Leibovitz or Labovitz on drums. Now, I don't believe that Jesse was the original drummer. Um, that was Mark Gibson, who left 
around the time that they put out their first um, record, which was on MCA. And then Dale Harrison is the drummer who followed up, and he was on their second album, Teeth and Tissue, which came out in 1995. Um, so. They've released, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine albums total. They were separated from 2003 to 2011, and then they got to back. So what's interesting is they got back together. They put out the album Love and Fury in 2013, and it was nominated for Album of the Year at the 2014 Junos and made it to number seven in the Canadian um, charts, which is the highest position for any of their albums. So it was their comeback album that actually charted best. Wow. That's very cool. And they have had a um, number of singles that charted in Canada from this album. It's all over. Actually went to number one on can- the Canadian content CanCon chart. And Three Angels made it to number three on that same chart. Those are the only two to chart in the Canadian, uh, the can, can the CanCon chart. They've had other ones on the Canadian Rock Alt chart that have uh, charted as well. Let's go over to comments from this episode over at Patreon. David Gorgo said, I absolutely love Prolapse, poetic and noisy as hell. Justin Wexler went with poster children, but curious how the band Moke managed to distribute an album called Super Drag, even though the same label that had Super Drag. Same label. Wow, this was literally a that. year or two after Sucked Out. Just seems truly insane to me. <laughs> yeah, you thought somebody at the label might have said, hey, guys, um, look. Right. Well, I think they did because in the U.S., it's self-titled. Uh, okay. Super Drag is the name in other countries, I guess. Joe Pennycock said, Prolapse, obviously. They're great live. I have lost count of how many times I saw them play. Mostly in back rooms of pubs, but once at the Roundhouse in Camden, supporting Mogwai. I think Mogwai asked them to reform. It was complicated because some of the members now live in America and Norway. Um, and he said, Prolapse supported Sonic Youth on tour. I wish I had seen it. Joe Royland, gotta go with the headstones. As I'm a fan of this album, I remember buying it on a trip to Toronto back in 1994. I was looking to pick up a couple of CDs from Canadian artists that I couldn't get at home at the time, and that was one of them. Uh, Eric Peterson did a breakdown of major versus indie labels for this. Um, interestingly, I mean, a lot of these bands were released on majors, but I just, you know, it was when they were just spitting them out left yeah. and right. Moke was on WEA, Electro Atlantic, uh, Headstones was on MCA, Poster Children were on Sire. Um, the compilation he suggested was on an, a large indie called Rock and Roll Inc., Long Beach Dub All-Stars were on DreamWorks. DreamWorks, really? Uh, Cinerama <laughs> were on Cooking Vinyl, which is an indie. Prolapse was on Radar Records, which is an indie. Thrush Hermit was on Electra, And Dredge was on Woven Recordings, which is an indie. Keith Badge says, I said, I am today's year old, today year, years old and discovering Cinerama. I think I'm in love. Well, even if it didn't win, I'm glad you discovered yeah. Something. That's how it's supposed to work. That's what's cool about the polls. Yes. Uh, Willie Dillon said, it's funny listening to Prolapse as they kind of remind me of Poster Children, who I submitted, but I voted for Headstones, as I would love to hear an episode on them. PC will have their day eventually. 
David Haverland had to vote for my nam- nomination, Thrush Hermit, but it was tough not to vote for Junior Citizen. Listen to these so much in college. Thrush is an essential Canadian power pop band. Too bad their chance with a major didn't go anywhere. All their stuff is worth checking out. Scott Witt, haven't heard a lot of these. I chose the Canadian Various Artists album, figure a bunch of songs about hockey, moose, and cheap healthcare. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Manuel said, PCJC USA. Like, that's a poster children's poster children reference. Darren Leach, I've not heard of any of these artists or albums, so I'm picking the band with the most 90s sounding name to my ears. Good luck, Dredge. Gavin, I only mentioned Thrush Hermit recently. After discovering them from the name, I expected a joke band, but I really enjoyed it. Ian McIver, Headstones for more Canadian content. Which Jeremy and men responded, dig me oot. We should brand that for our Canadian content. Richard Waterman, you had to do it, didn't you? And then Patrick Testa, Headstone, since I just discovered them this year and have been enjoying. I'm glad everybody commented was clearly going to be come down to prolapse and um well it's weird because i thought it would come down to prolapse and headstones based on those comments but dredge actually came in second and prolapse came in tied for third yeah so what do we know jay tell me one thing you liked about picture of health by headstones and wait sorry before we get into this there is a 17-track remastered album that you can listen to, but the original album is 13 songs. Just so we're on the same page. Okay, good, because that's the version I listen to. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, so when the band is loud and the tempo is up, I think it's a great, fairly straightforward hard rock band. And I don't mean that as, a, um, as any kind of put-down. Uh, we don't get a lot of... Um, you would think there'd be a ton of really good, straightforward hard rock bands, but there actually isn't. <laughs> um, in that, you know, it's pretty much blues based, guitar riff based, format is straightforward. Um, but there's some real, I think, strength and both, you know, they can get aggressive and noisy, but not goes so far off the edge that it becomes metal you know it still stays in this like tough sounding dark brooding lyrics high energy space it never gets too punky it never gets too thrashy it never gets too metal it's kind of hard to do to to kind of hit that middle point and do it really well and not step too far in any one of those directions uh it's it's not overly grungy I think there's some moments where it feels a little bit more 90s grunge, but not too much. Um, so, you know, I respect that. I That's a sweet spot for me. Um, you know, from a just a song standpoint and a overall like presentation standpoint, this record could work in the 80s. It could work in the 90s. It could work in the 2000s. It could work now. You know, they by, by being doing that um, style really well, it, you know, as a concept, it's it's pretty much timeless. I think his vocal is really strong. It's it's a little gruff but melodic, uh, really deep tone. So he can deliver the spoken word, almost Dylan-like kind of lines 
Um, but he can also be melodic. He can, you know, deliver a hook and just, it carries a weight to it. Almost like, um, maybe like a Mark Lanigan. There's just like a heaviness to it and the tone of his voice and the way he phrases things. He does a great job also like pushing the, the tempo. Uh, there's sometimes even where the drums are lagging a bit and the vocal is really what's driving the band. Uh, but he's never over singing, which I think is an important thing to call out. Like his voice sounds like some other similar bands. I think of like uh, Super Suckers or there was a band called Asphalt Ballet that uh, had a, from San Diego that had a deal in the early 90s. There was Circus of Power. There was like these kind of tough, hard rock bands that, you know, had this kind of tone. But those, some of those singers would oversing. Like there would just be too much. Uh, and he doesn't ever do that, which I think is also a, a good thing. And the last thing is, you know, all that's put together with some pretty legit, memorable hooks. I think Heart of Darkness is a good example. Track two. Heart of Darkness. Really chunky riff, hits you right away. I think the chorus is, you know, memorable and impactful. Judy's another example uh, where, you know, they get to that chorus and you get it right away. Cemetery is another example um, with a great line. Went down to the cemetery looking for love, got there, and my baby was buried, had to dig her up. Like he delivers that in a way it's like super catchy. You get it right away. Um, and they really play that out well in the song. So, you know, and they, Tweeter and the Monkey Man, that's a traveling world bears cover. Um, again, though, they deliver that. They, they hold the like, it, you know, sounds very different, but they hold that melody and that hook really well from the original song. So, you know, it can be tough. It can be dark and kind of brooding. It can be aggressive, but it's also got some memorable hooks so that's that's what worked for me what worked for you i concur about i I really like the energy of this record and you mentioned like the sort of straightforward hard rock sound that's it's so hard to pin down you know we heard it with like the angels when we did that 80s episode Mm -hmm. it's just I, i it's it's a a very it's a know it when you hear it thing you know what I mean? Like there's there's not the flair that you would expect. There's with with certain bands, there's not the you know, at times, you know, like the first track, um, his vocal gets very close to early Axel Rose in certain spots. Yeah. 
it, when he says it's all over, it almost sounds like it's so easy, like in the way that he delivers the line. Mm. Um, and you could see how this band could go in that direction, but they don't. They reel it back. And I think that probably has to do with them being Canadian. You know, if they had moved out to L.A. in 89, maybe they would sound different. Yeah. But them being a, a Canadian starting out in a, you know, as a bar band, the way that the Tragically Hip did as well. It's a different skill set. And I, I think what works best for me is Hugh Dillon as a as a as a lyricist is really interesting. He's, he has some really interesting lines in this uh, in this album that nor, a lot of times stuff goes by and you're like, OK, whatever. Um, in Heart of Darkness, you probably know where I'm going with this. Yeah. There is a, a verse where he says, God loves me, God loves you, God loved Hitler and six million Jews, must be a con, won't come down from the mount, we do a death dance, he does a body count. So that's not something you're going to hear in like, <laughs> you might hear that in like a right. Megadeth song right, or, right. or Metallica or something like that. Yeah, you're not you're not going to hear that, you know. It's, there's not a lot of bands are going to pull that off. Yeah, he's got this swagger that works, and it's it's just a confidence that you know it, he doesn't rely on a big histrionic voice to do it. He's I mean he's got a good singing voice, but it's. It reminded me in some ways of fellow Canadians, Danko Jones, than, yeah, yeah. more so than uh, some of their maybe, you know, late 80s contemporaries. Um, so that and, and they're good songwriters. I mean, these are tight songs for the most part. you got a lot of stuff that is like under four minutes, three minutes, 330, 338. Some of the stuff is under two or under three minutes, it's like two thirty-seven, two fifty-nine. I I I love that. Like that's get in, stick to that verse chorus, verse format. Like just write some good riffs. There's a lot of good riffs. There's a lot of fun guitar stuff happening. Um, they varied up enough. You know, like there are some songs like "Oh My God," which gets a little more abrasive, and you can definitely tell like. That that's a direction that this could have banned, could have gone in for like a whole record, and I think that would have been too much. And then they bring it down, and I think that's where the only part where the album doesn't hold it together as me as well is like on like a I think it's like Three Angels. Mm-hmm. I I don't like the ballady aspect 
of the band just doesn't sound right compared to what the rest of the record it would be like the wild hearts trying to do like a power ballad like i just yeah. it just doesn't work for me and that's another band that i thought of mm-hmm. in terms of just owning their riffs and being a straightforward hard rock band that you know can play but isn't over the top in in any way in in a way that i can tell with regards to the the record i don't know what they did live and you know in those bars but yeah it's weird because you know they're musically they're wildly different than the tragically hip but i could hear some similarities in terms of just like smart lyricism like gore downey and hugh dillon as lyricists probably aren't that fall off far off gore downey's just a little bit more poetic i think so yeah. he likes to play with language or he or did yeah um Whereas I, th- I feel like the Headstones and, and Hugh Dillon, he gets a lot of really interesting ideas. And like you mentioned in, in um, Cemetery, like yeah. there's a lot of interesting storytelling and whatnot in these songs, which is what Gord Downey would do. And so I feel like that, to me, anchored them even more to a specifically Canadian sound mm-hmm. that you wouldn't hear from, you know, a hard rock band from L.A. or wherever in the late 80s early 90s yeah i think you you hit on the angels which again is not an american band and that was one thing i was thinking about with this record was it was so hard for bands like this to make it in the u.s they they had to indulge in like something else like they had a and often they would move to New York City or Los Angeles and then kind of go down that road and all the sort of stereotypes that come with those scenes. It was, we just don't have bands like this in the US. You're pushed to like do something more extreme, I guess you could say, or more indulgent. Yeah. And it, there's just a, an honesty about the Angels and this band that is u- unique to certainly not the u.s i mean so canada and australia um and just the how straightforward it is yeah um, in terms of what didn't work i'm with you the this band to me has no business doing slower songs <laughs> yeah uh yeah. i don't even really love that when they bust out the acoustics even if it's like for a verse um couple things happen when they do that one the uh the vocal um, it kind of overpowers the band and i don't mean like in a sonic way i just mean in a he has a confidence when he sings and a conviction and then you've kind of got these lazy fairly pedestrian chords under him and if the tempo comes down you just notice all that more you're like oh this is mm-hmm. a- a really boring chord progression and he's singing his heart out over top of it you know and there's nothing else going on it's like you could kind of hear how some of these could be guns and roses songs like you mentioned but then guns and roses would do something like the guitar lead or another part or something to like shake it up and not make you realize like oh those are really boring simple chords under there and they don't do that so you're just like oh this guy's singing his heart out over top of a very average band now, when they push the tempo up and things get more aggressive, then right. all of that disappears. It's like a different band. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, here we go. 
like everything's fitting together like a puzzle. So I'm I'm with you. I, I don't think that um, either the stuff that's mid tempo, slower, acoustic, um, you know, it, it's not as strong. It's very, it just sounds generic. It goes from yeah. that that when we were talking about earlier that really hard uh, thing to pull off. You're going to be a straightforward rock band, and you you start stepping one way or the other, and it falls apart. And I think for them, when they step into the Kind of slower stuff and even the tempo comes down a little bit uh it, it sounds generic uh the other only other thing that didn't work for me is the production is inconsistent too uh tons of really bad reverb i think it's a plate reverb or chamber reverb it's essentially a reverb that is not natural like there was no room there is no arena there is no theater right it would sound like this. This is a very artificial studio. Gen- <clears throat> this is a very artificial studio generated reverb sound, mm-hmm. which when the band, I think is all playing together and things are loud. It's okay. It doesn't bother me as much when they get quiet. Things start to sound thin. You start to hear like the reflections in the, you know, the reverb, the drums sound like tin canny. It just falls apart when they, you know, aren't at full volume. Yeah. And it's so late 80s, early 90s. I mean, we've, we've reviewed a couple of records um, over the years that fall in this category where while the band, the idea and the songs and <clears throat> the presentation are timeless, the production is not. Yeah. Uh, Won't Wait Again, I think, is a perfect example. It's this like swing. 6-8 vibe, acoustic guitars. It, it sounded like a early Tragically Hip album track. Even his voice almost gets into like a Gord Downey space on parts of that song. Um, when he gets into like his, he used to do this thing uh, earlier on. His vocals be, like matured a little bit more, but it almost like it sounds like he's impersonating a sea captain at some points. Um, it's again. It's because of that six eight yeah. swing time. Yeah, it's just hard to break that rhythm. <laughs> but that it's you. the production on that song is is a perfect example. Like it's just too um, stale. I don't know. I don't know how to describe yeah. it better. But you don't get that with when it, everything's blasting away. Like that. That sort of like overcomes the sort of average production that a lot of the record yeah it's like yeah it's like their energy takes over at that point and you you ignore the uh the all the layers of reverb they even do like sonically just i don't know interesting things happen when they're on the louder louder songs a song like losing control for example what is going on with that bass tone but it's kind of awesome like when the song starts with the bass riff you're like the world kind of i know it's like it's like motorhead it's a super thrashy song it's in the middle of the record it it breaks up the record well but it's a good example of you know being aggressive being louder and they're using a tone that's very unconventional but totally works yeah and i could have totally dealt with more of those i mean it's two and a half minutes i can i can take a bunch of those tracks if you do some interesting things with them um 
I'd rather have more of those than attempts at ballads or acoustic guitar yeah. stuff. I think the problem I, I always have with acoustic guitar when it's mixed in with a hard rock band is that it often just sounds like scraping of like, mm. like you don't, I don't feel like you get the, the definition of the chords yeah. as opposed to when someone is just playing acoustic guitar on a record, it feels like it is much better thought out in terms of how they produce it. Yep. So, so a lot of times it just becomes like another, unless you're picking, it just becomes like another percussion instrument. Yeah. Um, and you don't get the definition of the chords of what's being played. Yeah, that makes sense. Sonically, you're compressing an acoustic instrument that has a full dynamic range, but you have to compress it down to fit it in a mix. Mm-hmm. So then you just end up with a lot of like progressive string sound. Versus if you just have an acoustic guitar with somebody singing over it, you let the you don't have to compress it because it's filling out the entire spectrum. Right. So that, that makes sense. So this comes out in '93. Um, it was on MCA, which I don't know if that got MCA was kind of a mess, wasn't it? Yeah, and I don't know that it necessarily got a huge um push here, if at all. Uh I need to look that up. And um but I would imagine I mean this would have a little bit of a hard time just because of how straightforward it is for nineteen ninety-three. Yeah. I think you could, I mean, yeah, this didn't get released until 94 on Avalanche, Avalanche Records um, in the U.S. and Europe. So it took a full year for, that, for, for MCA to get it out to the rest of the world. It was just a Canadian album released to this point. Um, but I can't imagine this, like, getting airplay when you know you've got pearl jams versus and it's just it's a little too straightforward i could see it it, i think it would need to have probably bigger bigger hooks i'm thinking of like a band like smithereens which i think at this time were you know pretty prevalent on the radio but they had such bigger hooks right um classic rock in particular or you know sort of stations that would play a mix of classic and modern liked bands like that because it kind of could fill a gap um so i think it had there been this be a little bit more accessible and a little bit hookier i could see it have work working uh maybe but it certainly is not going to fit in with the grunge stuff no no i mean what's interesting from a sonic standpoint is at times it didn't sound too far off when they were at their like heaviest from, you know, like a grunt truck. Yeah. But it's just not there. Yeah. Especially the first song. Like when it started, when that first song kicks in that first riff, you're like, Oh man, this is a nineties grunge riff. I've ever heard one. Right. Like this sounds like, yeah, it sounds like grunt truck. The rest of the record does not stay in that space, but that song certainly uh, put my head there.
So, final rating on this record. Were the album better EP or decent single? Where do you land? Oh, I'm still mulling it. I think I'm going to be in an album because it's only 44 minutes, even with the um, a couple of the clunkers here. Um, I think when something stands for nothing, that song starts off okay, but then when they get to the OOO part, it does not fit their vibe. Three Angels is a mess. Cut is not great. Won't Wait Forever is a mess. And there's a couple others like It's All Over is okay. Where Does It Go is okay. <clears throat> so I'm still at an album, I think, just because it's 44 minutes. I, I actually like the sequencing, too. I think where the clunkers are, you don't have to wait too long to get past mm-hmm. them. You know, Won't Wait Forever is between Ju- is after Judy, which is a good song, and then Cemetery is a good closer, and Where Does It Go is okay. So I'm in a worthy album. I like how it's sequenced. I think they do a good job of, you know, keeping you on a, on a journey here nothing's overindulgent and goes on too long you know it's it's a it's a pretty quick listen so i'm gonna stick with the worthy album where you at i think i'm at a better ep uh i would go tracks two through five uh then i would probably add losing control and cemetery so i'd be at a six song EP and I'd be I'd be happy with that. Um I just some of the songs, other songs are are fine. They're just not up to those. And then yeah. some of them are just I would never want to listen to them again. A couple of them. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple that I would skip. I think there's some too on here that would would grow a little bit on me. You know, maybe when something stands for nothing, maybe that grows on me and I don't dislike it as much as I do now, but I could hear an EP. Well, that's a split vote on our end. Uh, what did you What did you think out there? Let us know if you, if this is a worthy album or a better EP or decent single for you. Uh, you can tweet it or hashtag it, or we should start. We should start hashtags. I think that that's going to be a thing, Jay. Is that a thing? It's it's a thing. Hashtag worthy album. Hashtag better EP. Hashtag decent single. Let's spread the word. Let's get that out in the world. We've only been doing it for 12 years. We should probably make it a thing. We're going to go viral. We are. The TikTokers are going to be all over this. They're going to be, they're going to be eating up these headstones. Uh, well, we need to thank all of our submitters for this poll, for our May poll. And we need to thank especially Kyle Bittner who suggested this record. If you want to be like Kyle, you just go to digmeoutpodcast.com. You drop your album suggestion into our web form, and then it gets spit into our Excel spreadsheet. And then from there, it's extracted by a mechanical arm and placed into a... (laughs) We, We have humans now. 
we're gonna we're trying to put the uh some of the some of the robots out of business we we hired our first employee oh that's true we hired uh zora ziak to do some some hopper work she pulls records out and oh uh, really yeah helps me organize them i thought you were okay that's interesting so is she um is she w2 1099 independent (laughs) contractor she goes 99 party we negotiated uh, we negotiated minimum wage. She she asked for five dollars an hour. I said I refused to pay anybody below minimum wage. So oh. she's earning seven twenty five. Okay, I like uh, it. And the reason this is needed because we're moving to a at least uh, in the near term test to test out. We're going to move to a weekly poll. So mm-hmm. if you get your records in, we're going to get them in front of uh, our patrons faster. The DMO union. So we'll be on Patreon every week, voting on records, tournament style, and uh, two records every week will move forward. And at the end of the month, we'll have like a final vote and uh, decide which one we're going to review. So it's going to be exciting. It's a whole new world of, of voting intrigue. It's like if you if you like primaries. If you like school bond issues, if if you school like board elections, school board elections, comp trollers. What is a comp troller? I don't even know what that is. Uh, they decide like how much everybody gets paid. I think is that it? Yeah, compensation. Oh, they they control the compensation. They're a comp troller. I think so. I feel like you made that up. I don't could be wrong. I, don't, I think. Do you, you believe me? We need to get the state auditor on that, which we'll also be voting for. Uh, if you like all those things, then you can join us and do more voting. Um, I think what we should basically just have is uh, on our phone, there, every 30 seconds, a new poll should pop up. And we should just vote across the entire spectrum of everyday life with polls. Like, poll. Today, who is going to be... I don't know. Well, hopefully we don't, we need, you know, if we get more folks in the union, hopefully we are uh, less likely to burn people out, but the True. idea is to, to give control to you. So we're not, right. we're not making decisions here. We um, don't want to make any decisions. All we want to do is show up, record an episode and go home. We're too tired to make decisions. And when I mean, go home, I mean, go and... into another room. <laughs> right. Uh, those polls can be found at Patreon, digmeoutunion.com, dmounion.com. It's where you go to join the union. It's also where you can check out the box newsletter, which is delivered each week via email to your inboxes. Two new reviews of 80s and 90s relevant music or movies, TV shows or books. Usually not books because just honestly, it takes me a long time to read and nobody else is submitting books that they've read. So maybe once a year, there'll be a book review. If, if that. Jay, you could read a book here or there. Books are hard. I know. I, I try to do audio books. I buy them. I listen to like, I scan them. I'm like, <laughs> even sk- that. You skim the audio books? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? You I just keep so, pretty, like, like hit fast forward and then stop and then go. Oh, never mind. Jump, sk- jump chapters and stuff. Oh my God. Or like I'll listen to parts of one and skip to another one and then come back to the other one. That's yeah. not how it's supposed to happen. You're supposed to read it sequentially. Hey, there's something I'd rather do than just uh, 
like a Saturday morning, just sit down with a book or a magazine, put on music and read it. But I'm not able to do that anymore. And I'm not saying because I'm too busy, I'm doing quote marks. It's just like my brain has been reprogrammed to like always be needing dopamine hits. You have to figure out a way (laughs) to reverse that. You can. I'm working on it. You'll get there. I'm, uh, I'm aware of it. I'm trying, but it's, it's good hard. on you. Good on you. Apple Podcast is where you go to leave positive feedback for this podcast. For Jay, I'm Tim, and we're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. <laughs>